0: Welcome to Father-Son Entertainment Talk, a podcast where a father and his son come together to bring you their views on life in various forms of entertainment. It's time. Let's
1: do this. Welcome back listeners to Father-Son Entertainment Talk. Great to have you back here with us today. We're here to share with you our review and perspective on X2, which is the second movie of the X-Men trilogy. Another good movie, I really enjoyed it. Matthew, what'd you think?
0: Yeah, I thought it was a good movie, and I'm excited to give our listeners a review with you and just talk about what we thought about it.
1: Yeah, and so I I thought we could do something a little different today, and we'll definitely do something a little different with the next episode as well. But for today, maybe we can start with going through a little bit of the backstory around Wolverine and specifically Adamantium. We're going to do that because decent chunk of X2, the second movie in the trilogy, incorporates some of the backstory associated with Wolverine and Adamantium. So how do you feel about doing that, Bob? Just going through the the backstory before we get into our movie review. Yeah, I
0: think it's a good idea to give our audience a backstory about this character before getting into a movie that's so centered around him.
1: All right, great. Well, you and I did a little bit of research. We went on a couple of different Marvel websites, and we found some information on both adamantium and Wolverine and his backstory. Let's start with adamantium because I think that's an interesting backstory in that adamantium was created by a scientist. Again, this is Marvel lore, of course, created by a scientist by the name of Myron McLean. And Myron McLean was working with a number of different metals and elements and So it says he fell asleep at his desk and the metals kind of absorbed each other and ultimately turned into adamantium. And interestingly enough, this original adamantium that was formed and created through this, some kind of molecular experiment, this original adamantium was the starting point for Captain America's shield. So it was a small little disc that ended up being the the base for Captain America's shield, which I thought was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. I had no idea that that was the case.
1: Yeah, and I didn't realize that there was that much crossover between X-Men and the Avengers, and there has been some comics where there's been some crossover, but sure enough, the shield of Captain America is very aligned to the metal inside of Wolverine's bones. Yeah, and
0: this was... Very fascinating to read, and I would recommend that our audience, if they so desire, that they look up different articles.
1: Yeah, there was a lot of cool tidbits that we found. We also learned that the original adamantium, which was the metal that was used in Captain America's shield, is a little different to the adamantium in Wolverine's body. The adamantium in Wolverine's body is like almost like a second generation adamantium. It's not the true original. And so it isn't actually as strong as Captain America's shield, but it's really darn close. All right. Anything else on Adamantium, bub? before we get into Wolverine's backstory? Uh, no, not really. Nothing that you haven't covered. Okay. Well, let's talk about Wolverine's backstory. So Wolverine was born in the 1800s.
0: I still am trying to wrap my mind around that. I think that that is just crazy that his healing factor is able to keep him alive that long.
1: Definitely an interesting power to have because it's going to make you somewhat immortal as long as you can heal quick enough if you're hurt really bad. But clearly he's able to also heal his organs and his body as it's breaking down over time, and that's allowing him to live for a very long period of time. But he was born to two parents who sounds like were both fairly sickly. He himself was sickly before his mutant power also emerged. And interestingly enough, he, he had a brother, and we won't get into who his brother is, although some may know who his brother is, but one night the house was being robbed, and apparently Wolverine murdered the person that was invading their home, and he did so when his powers emerged and his claws came out of his hands, and he killed whoever was invading his home. So it was an interesting like starting point for Wolverine and the character he became So what Matthew and I learned after is as Wolverine was getting older, he started to be almost used by the government. They started to incorporate him into this military sector that had the name of Weapon X. And ultimately, they're trying to create this perfect weapon that they could use in in wars across the globe. And that's what led to Wolverine being tested on and having the metal adamantium injected into his body.
0: Yeah, and they hinted at that in the movie, and they kind of showed some second-long clips of Wolverine going through that surgery, and it looked very painful, very traumatic, and I just could not imagine any human being going through it and surviving.
1: Yeah, I mean, regardless of your healing power, the pain you must have he must have experienced going through that process was, I'm sure, very brutal. Yeah. All right, great. Well, that's the backstory of Wolverine, uh, at least what we found in our research. We gave you a little insight on adamantium as well. I think we'll take a break right now, and we'll be back to you soon. All right, well, this is where you would typically hear an advertisement. We don't have advertisements on this podcast. What I wanted to share, though, is that we encourage you to leave comments on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. Let us know how you feel about the podcast, and we're always open to new ideas here on Father-Son Entertainment Talk.
0: And since we're talking about X-Men, please comment about what mutant power you would like to
1: have if you could have one. All right, we're back, and I think now we're ready to talk about the movie and our review of the movie. This was a lot of fun to watch, as every movie is when we're watching together, bub. So let's start off with what we see in the beginning of the movie, which is pretty much Professor X and his school of mutants. And what do we notice about some of the mutants? It looks like they're starting to develop a little bit.
0: Yeah, it looks like they're starting to grow, both in character development and also in their powers. I also saw some powers that I hadn't seen before in some of the mutants. That was very interesting to see. Such as? Well, we see time being frozen by Professor X, which I had no clue that he knew how to do. Uh, We also see a new character, Pyro, manipulating fire and burning a fairly messed up looking teen's cigarette.
1: Yeah, and we just see these characters starting to connect a little bit more, especially Iceman and Rogue. Uh, They're certainly continuing to connect and you could definitely tell they're getting a lot more confident with their powers. We also found a couple of new characters, or a few new characters, really, that were in this movie, and actually one that entered in the very first scene. Why don't you tell us about that character, Bub?
0: So this character did not seem like a good guy at first, but he ended up turning into a good guy at the end, and that was Nightcrawler. And I liked his power, I liked how he used it, and he was a very interesting character. He made movie in my opinion a lot better and I liked watching him develop and become more comfortable with the
1: mutants yeah and you were asking was he human I mean ultimately he was human but he mutated into this creature almost where he has some strange looking teeth and he has a tail and he has tattoos all over his body
0: well he did those himself it was the blue skin that was really
1: yeah blue skin blue hair yep
0: but what I really did like to see was, so he has the ability to teleport, but he needs to be able to see where he's going to get from point A to point B, because if he doesn't, he might end up in a wall, literally. But the really cool thing about his teleportation was was just how he used it. He used all of his limbs and his tail to strike his enemies, and teleported into just the right position to get a good hit on them. So it was really cool to watch him fighting in the opening scene. Even though it wasn't quite what I expected to see with him, it was really cool to watch him fight.
1: Yeah, if you never heard of Nightcrawler before, never knew him to be a good guy, you would have absolutely assumed he was a bad guy from the start. But it turns out to be a good guy in the end. Mm-hmm. We also found another new character, one of my favorites from X-Men, Colossus. So Colossus is this big, strong teen in this movie but he's able to actually turn his skin into metal
0: and i like the scene where he first appears when those soldiers are invading uh, x-men school and he just throws two of those soldiers through a wall and is like rescuing all the kids and getting them through a secret passage that was really cool to watch and when i saw that i was very happy to see him in the movie and very happy to see him fighting and throwing people through walls (sighs) yeah i love it
1: And then we had some other minor characters that we saw. One little girl that can jump through walls. And she actually has a little bit of a bigger storyline in the third movie. We also saw a little boy that was sitting on the couch that was changing the TV channels with a blink of an eye.
0: And I feel like there's more to his power than I let on. Um, But they just didn't really elaborate on it. But I like what he said to Wolverine where he said, I don't sleep when Wolverine asked him why he wasn't asleep. So I think that because of that line, there's probably more to
1: his power than they really hinted at. I think you're right. I think he's got the ability to control. Like waves. Yeah, exactly. Great. And I know there was one additional character that we'll get to towards the end that was also new. So not long after the whole chaos happened at Professor X's school, we see Magneto back in this prison that he's in that doesn't have any metal and magneto finds a way to get out and of course mystique is there to help him and what i thought was pretty cool about this movie and you'll see it a little bit in the next one as well is magneto is actually taking the side of our good guy x-men and fighting against the prime villain in this movie together
0: yeah i thought that was pretty cool His escape scene, I thought was really cool. It's the way that he was able to escape and the way he used one little ball of metal to break out of a maximum security prison.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And we'll talk a little bit about the villain in the movie. And by the way, Magneto can't end the movie without having a little bit of villainous in himself, which we'll talk about at the end. But the main villain in this movie was Stryker and Stryker was an old military guy And we come to find out, which is why we talked about Wolverine and adamantium in the beginning, Stryker in the movie was the individual that experimented on Wolverine and ultimately injected him with all the adamantium.
0: And he's also the father of a mutant. It's crazy because even though his son is a mutant, he despises the mutants and wants to kill them, which is what made him the main antagonist. But the more he explained why he hates them and I'll leave that for you to find out when you watch the movie. I could kind of
1: understand why. Right, and he definitely doesn't just hate mutants. He hates his son as well, but he's using his son in in the movie to get to the rest of the mutants throughout the globe.
0: And it was really sad to see his son in the state that he was in.
1: One thing that I didn't mention that's probably important to talk about is it appears Stryker has this chemical that he's able to use to get, I don't know if it's mutants or if it's everyone. It seems like it's mutants, but it gets them to tell the truth no matter what kind of questions he asks, but it also gives them the ability to control mutants. And so we noticed that with Magneto, when Magneto was in the prison, Stryker would visit him and he would get information from him by putting this chemical on his neck. Did the same thing with Nightcrawler in the very beginning. And then let's get to this other new character because I noticed he did this with her as well. Why don't you talk a little bit about the other, I guess, number two villain that worked with Stryker?
0: This was obviously another mutant, as my dad said. She has similar powers to Wolverine and she was also injected with adamantium. So she has like metal bones. She has metal talons jutting out of her fingertips. And she actually fought Wolverine in this one scene in the movie where Wolverine was uh, in the very same spot where his surgery was conducted where he got the adamantium injected into his bones. It was also the same spot, I believe, where that other mutant got the adamantium injected into her bones as well.
1: Yeah, and there was this one scene with Stryker and her where she starts, like, looking down at her hands and not realizing where she was. And I think she was, I don't know if you noticed this, but she was coming out of whatever chemical-induced coma that Stryker put her in, and she was realizing that she was this mutant that had these claws. And then all of a sudden, Stryker goes over to her, puts the chemical on the back of her neck, and she's back to being controlled again by Stryker.
0: Yeah, it was a very interesting process to watch him, like, put this chemical in their necks, and at first I was very confused when I saw him do it the first time, but the more he did it, I realized, okay, so he's kind of, like, brainwashing these mutants in a sense, and the effect obviously wears off, as you will see throughout the movie, but one person who he says he can't do it to is Professor X, over which I thought just proves how powerful he is. Absolutely. Because it's just his mind is so powerful that even a chemical that can control almost all the mutants can't control him.
1: Yeah, very true. All right, before we close out the episode, I did want to get to one question. Not sure if you noticed this, but there was one mutant in particular that started to change, especially from movie one to movie two, but then even throughout movie two, you start to see their mutant powers morph a little bit and change. Did you notice who that was? Yes, that was Jean Grey, wasn't it? It was, yep. What did you notice about her powers changing?
0: Well, for one thing, her powers were increasing in strength. She was able to sense more things with her telekinesis. She was able to lift heavier objects and able to just do a lot more. But the biggest thing that I noticed was her eyes when she was like really focusing, really trying to use her powers. Her eyes would kind of glow red almost. And that was like very interesting to see.
1: Yeah, and I I don't want to give too much away to you, but that is a signal for what is to come in the third movie. And I'm glad you caught the eyes because I think the eyes are the most telling signal for what's to come in movie number three. All right, Bob, well, why don't we close out by just talking a little bit about how we thought this movie compared to the first one. What'd you think?
0: I thought that movie one was more superior in a lot of ways. I think that the major difference between the two movies was storyline I think movie one had a better storyline. I liked a lot of the fight scenes better in movie one. But movie two is good. I just think I preferred the first one.
1: Yeah, I thought they were both solid. I think we talked about in the last episode, I didn't love Rogue's character in the first one, and her power and character wasn't much better in the second. But the storyline was a little rough in that I I didn't love the villain in this movie. I thought the girl that was kind of like Wolverine was pretty cool, but... Stryker just wasn't doing it for me as a villain.
0: I mean, I thought that he was okay, but I think how the movie portrayed him and his ambition for how to get rid of the mutants, there really wouldn't have been much to build off of if he had succeeded. Exactly.
1: So now that we've watched two of the X-Men movies, we've watched all three Man movies, what do you think so far? Spider-Man or X-Men?
0: I gotta go with Spider-Man.
1: Yeah, I know Spider-Man's your favorite superhero. So not surprised, but I will share that of the two series, I think I tend to agree that Spider-Man was a little bit better done. You'll find some of the future X-Men movies, if we decide to watch them and review them, will be, in my opinion, a little bit better than what you've seen so far with one and two. And in my personal opinion, uh, number three happens to rise above the first two. And so really excited to watch that with you. Yeah, same. I can't wait to give our review on that one as well. Great. Well, I think that should wrap it up then for today. We are so grateful that you're here listening to us. Keep coming back. We'll keep creating new content, new episodes. And again, don't forget to leave comments and leave ideas on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. My name is Ryan Campbell. My name is Matthew Campbell. Thanks for listening.